This article comes out of Minneapolis Associated Press. Federal customs agents poo-pooed the plans of an Iowa woman who wanted to make jewelry from giraffe feces she picked up on a trip to Kenya and brought back to the US in her luggage. The woman declared the small box of feces when she was selected to have her belongings inspected upon arriving at the Minneapolis St. Paul Airport on September 29th, according to US Customs and Border Protection. The woman, who was not identified, told officials she planned to use the waste to make a necklace, as she had done in the past with moose poop. Giraffe poop can be brought back to the US with the proper permits and inspections, according to Minnesota Public Radio. The station reported that the woman won't face sanctions because she declared the feces and gave it to customs. The agency's agricultural specialist destroyed the giraffe poop. There is a real danger with bringing fecal matter into the US. Customs and Border Protection's Chicago Field Director LaFonda De Sutton Burke said in a statement, if this person had entered the US and had not declared these items, there is a high possibility a person could have contracted a disease from this jewelry and developed serious health issues. African swine fever, classical swine fever, Newcastle disease, foot and mouth disease, and swine vesicular disease are among ailments in Kenya that customs cited as risks. Jaden, forget about a pearl <laughs> necklace. This is a poop necklace. <laughs> uh, could you, you you see yourself making some jewellery out of your local animal feces? Uh, not for me. It's a little bit too exotic. <laughs> I want something a bit more simple, cla- you know, classic stuff. Mm. <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of a cow shit necklace? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Support support local animals. <laughs> oh dear. That that is actually the big part of this story because I don't think it's actually uh, they had a problem except the fact it's from another country. It's an animal oh, yeah. <laughs> from uh, another country, and they're they're worried about all these diseases. But yeah, like she's made one out of moose poop, right? No one cared about that. <laughs> well, because that's the thing is, like, she was smart enough to be aware that oh, there's probably going to be a problem with me bringing giraffe poo back. I better declare it to customs, and that's why it's like, yeah, of course. It's like it's just funny that's like, yeah, she could have done it if she'd done the proper paperwork, if it was all above board. But this was below board. Uh, oh, fucking <laughs> necklace. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm less worried about all these diseases. I'm just worried about what this will do to the local poop jewellery industry. Mm. You know what I mean? All these people bringing these fancy poos from overseas. How's your, your average moose poo farmer? Mm. Exactly. They, they, they got to put a tariff on giraffe poop. <laughs> <laughs> the poo mongers are not going to have a house by the end of the week. How? Yeah. how is the poo monger supposed to feed his children? Yeah, they're taking our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like a perfectly normal, nice lady. <laughs> this is definitely, like, the thing is, I think we're all picturing the same kind of woman the minute this story came in our, like, the feed. It was like, all right, woman making poop necklaces. It's like, hmm, I think I know exactly what she looks like. <laughs> she definitely uses crystals for healing. Mm. I almost guarantee it. Oh, there's no way she's not using crystals. Oh. She's probably turned that poo into other products, like yeah. moisturizer or something. <laughs> something gross. Her giraffe poo-scented candles. Oh, 
giraffe poo lubricant. Oh, God. God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. My name is Zach and I'm not here with my co-host this week. This week we are being taken over by the entirety of the podcasting crew of What Do You Think About This? We have Jaden and Anthony. What is up, fellas? Yay, the, the entirety of two people. <laughs> You're being overwhelmed, Zach. You're being overwhelmed. We, we can't, you can't stop us now. We'll, we'll derail this. We'll talk about something unrelated. You can't stop us. The trains are going. I'm outnumbered here. You're not wrong. Is is a taken over? What can I do? I, I I can't I can't beat the both of you in a fight. You know. Yeah, we'll, we'll change it to a movie podcast halfway yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jaden, what did you think about the end of uh, The Last of Us Part Two? No, let's not. Uh... <laughs> did I did I get to the end of it when we did recorded that episode? Oh yeah, uh, you finished. Yes, yeah. we we oh, yeah. we were, we literally waited until you'd finished. Ah, uh, okay, to talk about perfect. It. Yeah, yeah. We did talk about the ending because you were you you had a whole tirade. I on had it. a whole <laughs> bunch of thoughts on. The ending. You had several yeah. thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that was basically your like half an hour. I think we just kind of <laughs> yeah. let you sit and talk. It was like, all right. Oh, I wish oh, I had dear. several thoughts to throw around. I'm feeling a bit under the weather at the moment. I've been sick this week, and I've had like four or five hours sleep last night. So if my Ugh. energy is a little bit low and I'm not vibing, that is why. But lads, before we get stuck into this episode, <laughs> I'll probably throw it at Anthony. He's probably got the most experience uh, uh, spruiking your stuffs from the interwebs. Mm. Where can everyone find what do you think about this? You could find the podcast where all good po- podcasts are sold. Your Amazon, your Spotify, your Apple Music, whatever. I don't fucking know. Um... <laughs> And if you want to contact us directly, you can find us over on Twitter or X at WDY, uh, T-O, no, wait, hold on. It would be good to remember that, yeah. Thank you, because, like, fuck, I'm having a brain fart. Oh, my God. Yeah, W-D-Y-T-A-T-Pod over on Twitter. You can message us if you want us to be on your podcast or if you want to be on our podcast. Eventually, we'll release a new episode. What's up? <laughs> Anthony, I'm like morally against calling it X. Too bad. It will be hey, Twitter till the end of I, time. I know. That's why I did say Twitter, but I don't want to confuse the people. There's no the people one. Be- there's no one. There's not a single person on Earth who would be confused if you call it Twitter. There is definitely someone who joined Twitter after it changed to X. And has yeah, no idea but what they know. It, they know it was used to be called Twitter. <laughs> like, no. they obviously know that. It's like people who joined HBO Max after it changed to Max. It's like, whoa, whoa what? What, do you, whoa? what does it mean? My name is Max. <laughs> is this named after me? <laughs> am I am I the streaming platform? That was my first thought when they actually titled it that. And I'm like, that's oh. just the name, dude. There's no branding there. It's just the name. God. 
Netflix Williams is having a rough time. <laughs> I'm sure there's some dumb kid out there named that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, I am feeling a bit under the weather, and there is a reason for that. Last week, we had a bonus episode because I was away at friend of the show's wedding, Matt, aka Highly Instagram, and it was a lot of fun. His, his wife, Tara, is awesome. Her only request was that... We all had sore feet and a sore head by the end of the night <laughs> running around on the dance floor, which I, I very much ticked those boxes. Um, but I'm feeling a lot worse for wear now this week, that is for sure. But we did that bonus episode about which video game year we thought was best. I picked a year, Anthony picked a year, and Aaron picked a year. And we asked you lot to decide, you peeps listening to this right fucking now. And you have decided... And you decided wrong. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yours. <laughs> so, the, I'll, I'll start with the, the, the loser out of all of this, which was me. <laughs> I, I had the least votes coming in at 18% <laughs> once you tally up Spotify and, um, and Twitter. Anthony coming in second, just scratching through there at 22%. So he's not, Jesus. Not, not, not too far ahead, leaving Aaron with 60% of the vote. So <laughs> 1998, out of those three years, 1998 was the year that Peeps thought was the best. And yeah, that was, that was such a fun episode and it was fun getting everyone's input. Uh, I'm, I'm totally down to do another one of those kinds of bonus episodes again sometime down the track. How, how do you feel about how it all shaked out, Anthony? Um, frankly, I think it's really telling if you just look at the Spotify results where Aaron's audience is. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's on Twitter it's a little more it's a little more even. It's like yes. okay. And then on fucking Spotify, he just destroyed us. Like <laughs> it's that what what's that what who's that one uh guy who wrote a review for Aaron? He he's got all his friends gathered around and they're all voting on Spotify <laughs> to get that year in. Yo, Adrian! Um, Yo, Adrian! (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, as I think we discussed on the episode, they're all great years, and 1998 is a very important year for gaming. Uh, One of the best years in gaming. Um, It's just, yeah. um, Yeah, I do... I was a little bit surprised your year didn't get as much, like, hype around it, because... 2009 is a good fucking year. <laughs> it was a good yeah. year. Yeah. Where was hey. the love? It's it's a pretty good year. I, I watched this episode, you know, just this morning before we record this. And yeah, you guys all made good points. Those are all pretty good years. I'm disappointed that no one mentioned 2011. I think mm. that is an in- incredible year of gaming with stuff like Skyrim, Portal 2, mm. Arkham City, Dark Souls, um, that was official re- release year of Minecraft, um, Bastion, Deus Ex Human Revolution, like Saints Row the Third, you know, there's a lot of amazing games that came out in 2011. It's like yeah. definitely probably one of my favorites. 
I think also the original fucking coming up because there's been a fucking port. So now I'm trying to Google it and it just won't come up. <laughs> I'm pretty there's sure the original. Something. I'm pretty sure Red Dead Redemption One. Was that was also, 2010. Oh no, that was 2010. 2010. Yeah. Ah, just yeah. yeah. 2011 also had La Noir, Dead Space Two, Uncharted Three, oh, Dead Space 2. Um, Legend of Zelda: Skyward Sword, uh, Crisis Two. Yeah, like, lots of great games, 2011. Absolute banger of a year. And you can still let us know what your favorite year was. Like, just pop on Twitter and let us know what year you love the most. Uh, it's I love talking about it. It's so fun. It's just gushing over games that we enjoy, which who mm. doesn't love that? And if you love this, what we're doing right now, this podcast... Leave us a rating or review wherever you happen to be listening to it. It's the easiest way you can help us get into the ears of more peeps or just any podcast out there that you love. It's the easiest way you can help them out. Lads, we got a fuck ton of gaming news to get to this week. How about we get stuck in? Yes. Ooh, now this first story... Finally happened, people. Thank fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to talk on this for me personally very long because uh, anyone who's been listening to th- this show for a while would already know my thoughts on this whole situation. The CMA, the uh, the body in the UK that was holding up the Activision Blizzard deal, has approved it. So after 21 months later, after it was announced, the deal is finally happening, which means Bobby Kotick is out by the end of the end of this year and uh microsoft yeah will own all of activision blizzard king and and all of those ips um not a fan of this i don't like the consolidation of the games industry but i'm very curious to see your thoughts Jaden, on the activision blizzard acquisition sure um i think when you speak kind of objectively um and i think anyone who kind of denies this is just lying to themselves um yeah it's it's just bad for the gaming industry to see this level of consolidation um you know when you look at like the gaming industry obviously you have the three big console manufacturers um but like in terms of revenue um the the highest i believe the highest earning publishers it's activision blizzard ea um take two ubisoft at, at the top you know among the microsoft's the, the nintendo's um the sony's um, a company of these two sizes emerging is just a huge consolidation of the market and then you know it, we're not we're still not close to a monopoly and nothing, nothing we're pretty far off from that but you never want one player to just have so much of the market that you know they will get lax on some things they have less incentive to compete they own so much that they can kind of have more potential to strong arm studios and you know affect regulation in in any time that there's this level of consolidation it's always kind of bad for an industry oh you couldn't have said it better myself Jaden anthony do you concur oh yeah um <laughs> i feel my thoughts on this as well as yours 
have been pretty solidified by this point due to just how much we have to keep talking about it. <laughs> the only good thing is that, you know, Body Codex getting the boot. Like, <laughs> the only upside from my perspective is like, good, get that piece of shit out of here. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan of the consolidation. It's, yeah, as, as Jade mentioned, when you've got that much of, like, the share of the market or control of the market, I guess, as well like that's that's very dangerous um and also and this is just not really related to this specifically but microsoft doesn't do good things when they buy ips this is my only problem with aaron and his like insistence it's like no it's good they're bringing back the ips it's like show me in the history of microsoft buying ips apart from i think killer instinct them ever doing anything with mm. them once they get them because they don't they they f- grab studios and even make them make shovelware, looking at you, Rare, for the Connect. Or you, d- you have, like, you know, what's happened with recently with um, uh, Bethesda? Bethesda? Zenima- like, yeah, yeah, Zenimax Bethesda, yeah. Yeah, Zenimax Bethesda, where it's like, you know, Redfall, that was a fucking mess. Starfield is faring better, but, you know, and then hi-fi rush was good but i feel like that's completely unrelated to microsoft's influence at that point so i just i don't think microsoft is gonna do anything good with this other than what's already working for activision blizzard king they're not gonna suddenly be like here's that franchise that hasn't had a game in 15 years Mm. it's like no because that won't make money (laughs) they're gonna do what makes money which is just the same old shit we're already seeing in in perpetuity like it's not gonna change (laughs) i have like a counterpoint to that um because overall i'm quite negative on the deal long term um but i do think that we might see short term like the next five ten years um seeing better quality um of some of those games than we've seen before um and it just just kind of comes between the difference between a third party publisher um, versus like these some of these console manufacturers um in general like you don't really see um a huge amount of microtransactions a huge amount of a very aggressive monetization within first party games because it you know hurts the brand and either you have you kind of want games to drive sales of your of your console rather than just making money on their own um at least that's been the way with it's definitely been the case with um, Sony games, Nintendo games. It's it's hard to think of an example that is like really badly monetized um, with those. So you know maybe they. I think that we could see some scaling back of how greedy you know maybe the latest iteration of Call of Duty is, or the latest um, you know how how things are with Overwatch or World of Warcraft. Um, something from Microsoft leadership could change that, especially if you get rid of Bobby Kotick. Um, yeah, I'm just more concerned about like the long term stuff. Um, once they kind of have captured the market and kind of, um, they've really, they're really big in the industry. Look, I, I right right now the last I, actually I, I haven't checked since like last year, but the most recent earnings reports we got out of Activision Blizzard that was that more than fifty percent of their revenue was made through microtransactions. There is no fucking way that Microsoft is going to wipe that. Wherever we see microtransactions already, I feel like we're gonna keep 
seeing them there. We'll see what happens, but I don't think Microsoft's going to see that pile of money on the table and go, let's <laughs> see you later. Uh, yeah. I, I'm hoping they do do some good guy Microsoft moves uh, more likely at the start, as you were saying, Jaden, that it's going to be more likely they're going to try and revive an IP or something like that or, or, or do some nice guy thing to make it sound like this whole thing was a, a good deal because all we fucking hear all over Twitter Every fucking executive. Oh, this is so good for gamers. This is going to help out the gamers. <laughs> oh, the game. How the fuck does it help out gamers at all? Put mm. everything on Game Pass and then that sort of helps out gamers, I guess. But I worry about also what that could do to the industry. I, I, I don't know. I'm so... I'm so worried about this. And there's reports at the moment, too, that Disney is looking at buying a big publisher. They're apparently in talks to buy EA. Um, EA apparently had a deal fall through with NBC. So that they are looking to be bought. So this is not the end. <laughs> even, even It's the end of this one deal, but it's not the end of the consolidation of the games industry. Microsoft probably still has more studios that they want to buy. It would not surprise me one bit. I'm so, sh- sure Sony will have a few purchases here or there, and we're just going to ke- continue seeing the games industry can yeah consolidate. I'm not, I'm not fucking happy. <laughs> I'm not a happy Zacky, that is for sure. But uh, I'm surprised that Disney's be. in the market. For a, for a games company. I thought it would be Amazon, <sighs> <They> Apple. <laughs> it's weird. They Disney does own like quite a few games companies. They don't do anything with them, but they own them. Yeah, they're not big in the gaming industry. No. Uh, I've been hearing about Amazon trying to get more into the games industry for years. Same with it Apple. And, and yeah, they just never pulled the trigger. It feels like they should have been the ones to buy EA. Or not should have, but like, you know, they would have been the most likely they to buy a company yeah. like EA. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see Disney doing it. They've been working with EA a lot over the years with all these these Star Wars games. And uh, who knows, maybe when they do, you'll be able to play a Disney-published game on your slim PlayStation 5. That's right. We've got a new PlayStation, so- sort of. This comes out <laughs> of Press Start. It was written by Shannon Grixty. Sony has just revealed the rumoured new slimmer PlayStation 5 model with a detachable disk drive. The new model has had its volume reduced by more than 30% and weight by 18% and 24% respectively compared to the previous models. The faceplates will be broken up into four sections with the top portion sporting a glossy look and the bottom section remaining matte. It also has a new 1TB SSD up from the 800GB in the original PS5 and the new PS5 will be available to purchase in the same digital and disc offerings. But the one big change with the model is that if you buy the digital edition, you can now attach a disc drive later, which can be purchased separately. The new slimmer PS5 will be launching in November in the US, Europe, UK and Japan with other territories to roll out later. The new models will launch in the US in November with a wider rollout, including Australia, to come over the the months following at the below prices. Sony says that this is replacing the current unit, which will be phased out as stock sells out. So the PS5 with the uh, Blu-ray disk drive will be $799.95, so the, the same price as what they're charging in Australia right now. The PS5 Digital Edition will be $679.95, which I believe they're charging... 
700 for that one, 699. So I think that's actually like slightly cheaper. Um, the Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive for PS5 uh, will be 159 at 95 AU, and the new PS5 vertical stand compatible with all PS5 models will be 49.95. Anthony, PlayStation 5 got hot. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's been taking diet supplement pills. Um, <laughs> I think this is a like a neat idea. The whole idea of you know an attachable or detachable disk drive, I think, is a really cool idea because you do have people who are saying, "Oh, I only want a digital console. When am I ever going to use game discs?" And then they realize, "Oh, physical media is actually sometimes cheaper." <laughs> Or maybe sometimes you just want a physical game, or you want to borrow your friend's game. You can't. If I need, if I want to fucking borrow your copy of, you know, Horizon, it's like, well, tough shit, dickhead. I bought it physically. You can't physically that into your digital console. It's like, oh, okay. Well, t- attach a disc drive. I can put it in. Bob's your <laughs> uncle. Play some Horizon. Um, and I think it's a good idea to you, obviously reduce the old stock because you know you gotta get rid of it um the only thing i'm i guess annoyed about i don't know how to i don't know how to describe my feelings on this um the whole ford plates thing it's just a weird design choice um especially it's like one's glossy one's matte it's like that's gonna look weird in my opinion but okay um and also, this is just going to annoy the living shit out of me. I'm not buying it, but it would annoy me. Does that mean I have to buy, like, a different colored, like, D- uh, Blu-ray drive every time I change my fucking PlayStation's faceplates? Or is one of them always going to be white? <laughs> I believe the d- disk drive fits inside and then you put the plate over it. So, yeah, okay, it's okay, not that's fine. <laughs> s- attaching to the outside of the console. Okay, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, I swear to God, if they're like, yeah, you've got to buy a new disk drive, dickhead, tough tits. It's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, yeah, you know, we're kind of getting that mid-gen, which is weird to say because it doesn't feel like mid-gen yet. But we're getting that mid-gen uh, slim slash redesign. Uh, I think Xbox had theirs like leaked, but nothing confirmed a while back. Oh, yeah, the cylindrical one. That's right. Yeah. It is cylindrical. I think that's pretty much confirmed. Like, that was a very extensive leak. It was. and That, yeah. that was, like, 100% real. Yeah. So, we'll be seeing that. The real problem I think I have, and the reason I will not be buying this, is I don't gain anything from a detachable disk drive. I've already got a disk drive console. Um, and really, the only thing I'm looking for with a PlayStation at this point is a Pro. I, I want a PS5 Pro so I can get that 8K that's on the box. <laughs> you lied to me, Sony. That's not real. You cannot actually do that. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, a, a PS5 Pro won't actually be able to do that. Either. No, it won't. PCs just... aren't pumping out 8K right now. Like, no. fuck, it's not yeah. happening. It's, it's, yeah, it's, anyway. Why is it on the box? Anyway. <sighs> fucking hell. Marketing. Marketing. Mar- I mean, yeah, it's marketing. It's marketing. It's just fucking hell. Um... So yeah, I guess I'll wait for the Pro to come out. The only thing that... The only final thought I have is, why the fuck is the stand separate and costing me $50? What is this Apple... Here, you buy a screen, buy the stand separately bullshit. It's like... It's only $50, which 
only. Like, you're spending $800 on the console. Give me a fucking stand. It's like, no, Jesus. But, uh, see, and that's the thing I'm curious about, and I, I don't think we've really had clarification on it yet. I think it's going to be a matter of, like, what Nintendo do with the Switch dock. So, you get one with it, but if it breaks or you lose it or whatever, then you can buy a separate one if you need to. I could be wrong. I think on the blog post they said that it only comes with the horizontal stand. The vertical stand is 100% sold separately. All the marketing has it vertical. Yeah. Yeah, because it looks better vertical. It it does. Oh, my God. Fuck this. Yeah, like, if you actually look... I don't know where's the wherever the blog post is. I could be wrong, could be wrong, but I feel no, like a friend and I uh, were pointing look, I'm, that I'm, I'm out. Sh- where it's like, yeah, I'm sure you're right. That's fucked. If if that's the case, yeah, that is some Apple ass total bullshit right it there. It also doesn't help that like if I'm looking at it correctly, the horizontal stand is just a little bit of plastic that goes and makes it like, you know, even. Even it doesn't. It's not an actual like thing that holds the console up. It's just a little bit of plastic. So, yeah, I think that it's... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. I don't, it's, I don't it's think bad. it looks good horizontal, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some data that shows that most players just put it horizontal. It's it's. I think it's been confirmed, but, like, who knows, that, like, um, vertically, like, is worse for the life thing of the console, although I've had no issues in my years of using it. Whereas, like, Hori... Um, horizontal, sorry, um, is, like, better because it gets better airflow somehow, yeah, but not, I don't know. I think that's stupid how they designed the console to very, to very clearly be vertical, like, you, you don't have those, um, those plates that look like, what, like a collar, like, like you know. Yeah, like, the center kyber look. Yeah, like, it, it, the visual design is very clearly meant to be placed vertically. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and yeah, in like 90% of the advertising, it's always, you know, Wi-Fi router up. It's never like down. And th- they did that with the PS2 as well, but like, I didn't know anyone really who kept their PS2 vertical. It was always horizontal and it was designed to be put horizontal. You mm. just have to buy a stand if you wanted to have it vertical, which makes more sense to me. Whereas this one... Is clearly designed to stand vertically. Like that is that is so clear. So that that that's that's super upsetting. If if that's the case, I'll I'll, I'll double check that. Uh, you don't own a PlayStation Five, Jaden. Does this make you want to run out and rob your <laughs> local retailer? <laughs> well, definitely not going to be um, buying or slash robbing anytime <laughs> soon. Like not you know not this year or and probably maybe next year. I, I think I getting close to the point where i'm ready to start moving on to ps5 games so for me it's not really about how good the product is it's really just when i've exhausted all of my ps4 games and you know time to move on um i i definitely think that this this new model though i, I like the addition of, of an attachable blu-ray disc drive because i remember when they first announced the, the ps5 and how it was split into two versions the digital one and the dist one, and then obviously the digital only one is cheaper. It, it seemed like a very subtle, um, and like, you know, fair, like a reasonable way to try to push more people to digital, sa- digital sales, which is kind of the direction the gaming industry has been moving towards for years. And yeah. this was like 
a, a way of getting people to naturally adopt it rather than just forcing them to go on it. Um, but yeah, I think this is even kind of better, you know, if you opt for the digital version for, since it's cheaper to begin with, just as an entry point to the PS5, you still don't lose out long term. Like you can still choose to get physical media if you realize later that you want to get into it more. Yeah, I I, ju- I just double checked then as well, and yeah, you're right, Anthony. It comes with a horizontal stand. You got to buy the vertical stand. So yeah, that's that's totally fucked. <laughs> um, uh, if like you, Anthony, if this was a PS5 Pro, I'd be down. At this time in the console lifespan, with the PS4, we got the PS4 Pro. It came out in 2016, which I thought was too soon. It was like I feel like we only just got these things, so. I'm curious to see if we are going to see a PS5 Pro. I hope we do see one in the next year or so. I'm annoyed when the rumors first started coming out about a detachable disk drive. It was rumored that you would be able to plug it in through a USB drive as well too, where it seems like it's very clearly only for the new model, which I find quite disappointing. It would have been nice that if people who've bought the previous kind of digital ps5 could enjoy a a disc drive shout out to aaron who's regretting his digital purchase seeing what those crazy ridiculous prices are for for brand new games on the ps5 store it's like 125 dollars if you want the standard version of any first party sony game these days so yeah i don't know it's i'm I'm a bit funky about this whole decision i'm not not the biggest fan of it The, the four plates thing is another weird thing as well too just seems like more shit to have to fuck with when you're t- when you're cleaning out your console or you know adding your detachable disk drive and all that sort of stuff <sighs> whatever it also means any existing plates you have are no longer usable which i expected but it's like it's completely unusable now it's like okay can't use this you know anymore. what i want to you know what i want to see from sony here i want to see a price drop on the fucking standard but we won't there's not no. going to be a fucking price drop i'm telling you right now so they're going to just keep selling at 800 and then sell the superior one at the exact same price when that one comes out. So anyone out there, if if they don't do a special price for a PS5, do not buy one until the mm. Slim comes out because you are buying an inferior product for the exact same price. Oh, God. Hopefully this is like Jim Ryan's sort of goodbye fuck you <laughs> to the Sony <laughs> fan base. Oh, dear. But I, look, I, I, don't, I don't see the way Sony's handling things changing uh, anytime soon, unfortunately. Oh, God. Well, (laughs) I know that was, like, slightly depressing. Prepare to get (laughs) really, really depressed. (laughs) Well, I guess it's, like, it's a bit of justice, sort of, potentially. We'll wait and see. You, you, You lot decide after I tell you the story. This comes out of Wired. It was written by Megan... Farokmanesh, I'm sorry, I probably farokked that pronunciation <laughs> right up. Police in France have taken five former Ubisoft employees, including Vice President of Editorial and Creative Services Tommy Fran- Francois and Chief Executive Officer Sergei Hasco, into custody following a long investigation into moral and sexual harassment at the Assassin's creed creator by wednesday the five have been taken into custody and questioned only francois and hasco names have been made 
public. The French newspaper Liberation first reported the news. Maud Beckers, an attorney representing some of the Ubisoft employees who made the harassment allegations, told Wired that the detainment and questioning of Francois and Hasco and others shows prosecutors are taking this matter very seriously. It's a strong signal that harassment and gender-based and sexual violence in the workplace are serious offences, she added. In the summer of 2020, after developers began speaking on Twitter, now known as X, alleging experiences of abuse and assault, reports surfaced those claims of a rampant culture of harassment within Ubisoft leading to a a chain of high-profile suspensions, firings, and departures. Maxime Boland, the company's co-founder, was accused of choking a female employee during a work party. Boland was suspended and later resigned, as did Hasco. Boland has never formally confirmed nor denied the allegation. Business Insider reported that Ubisoft fired Francois in 2020. Although authorities are focusing on several key people at this time, Beckers says those individuals' responsibilities must not overshadow the more general responsibility of the Ubisoft company. It's not yet clear if Francois Hasco and the others taken into custody will be charged. Ubisoft spokesperson Heather Hafner told Wired that the company has no knowledge of what has been shared and therefore can't comment... Jaden, we may potentially see some consequences to some actions, which is nice to hear in this crazy world we're living in in 2023. What do you think of this story coming out of France? Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't have too much thoughts. Uh, I've heard about the kind of Ubisoft sexual harassment, um, you know, sexual misconduct allegations for a couple of years now. I think that's been in the ether. Um, but yeah, it, it's good that whoever the people involved in this are actually, you know, facing justice. It, it is pretty concerning when you look at the, some of the job titles up here, like vice president of editorial creative services, the chief creative officer. So these are pretty high up people in the company. And if you imagine that they're like this, then it's going to feed into the whole company, all of the employees. If the, you know, their leadership, you know, is setting this example. It's, um, yeah, it's a really messed up situation. Not sure. It, it's good to know that that something's being done. Like they've at least been arrested and, and charged. Um, but well, they, well, they haven't, they've just been taken in for questioning. So no arrests ah, okay. have been made no yet. Charge There's no yet. charges been dropped, but they've been sort of apprehended for questioning basically okay Mm. taken into custody interesting Mm. well yeah we'll we'll see how it goes then um but yeah it's kind of stuff this is happening here who knows who knows just how many uh, companies in the games industry are exactly like this i mean the activision blizzard is the you know famous one from whenever that news came out a few years ago and i would not be surprised if like half of the more than half of the games companies were exactly like this (laughs) <laughs> hey maybe disney's gonna buy ubisoft and that'll be their golden parachute ever everyone will forget about all the fucked up shit that went on because there's a, another big deal that's gonna take nearly two years for it to go through and suck up all the oxygen from the gaming news industry anthony you happy uh, to see this uh happening yeah it's as, as i said uh not as i said as uh has already been discussed yeah it's good to see that you know action has been taken and that they're getting arrested and hopefully you know further action is taken in terms of you know charge and prosecution and all that and all that fun yeah. stuff um 
it is just, yeah, it's unfortunate to see that it is such a prevalent problem behind the scenes, and it's probably only going to get, we're probably going to hear uh, more horror stories, I guess is what I uh, am worried about, not worried about, am dreading. Because, um, yeah, it's just, as Jane mentioned, if that's what the heads of these, or the higher-ups in these companies are doing, yeah, that trickles down to your your Joe Schmo, who's just working and programming. They're going to see their boss acting that way and think, oh, okay. It's like, it's all good. And that that's just, yeah, sad and unfortunate, especially for, like, you know, people who want to get into this industry have to, you know not reconcile, but deal with all this shit uh, when they come in. Especially a lot of young people who probably don't know any better, unfortunately, just get dragged in and this shit happens to them. and It just sucks. Yeah, it, yeah, it really does. Um, you know, I won't hold my breath on if anything's going to happen. I hope it does. I hope it's all investigated and if it all turns out to be true, which, you know, when there's that many reports of this kind of stuff, it's very likely that it is. Yeah, I, I hope that... that that justice is served it, it will be good to see and it, like from memory i'm trying to think of all the stuff that came out over the last few years i can't really think of any other situations where people have actually been charged usually they've just been dismissed god ubisoft even did a bunch of oh we're gonna take take a cue from the catholic church and just move this toxic person over to here problem oh, solved yeah. <laughs> nothing bad's That's gonna happen right. now so yeah, oh, yeah, it was it was a gross situation, and yeah, like let, let's not forget those like one third of Ubisoft employees surveyed said that they did not feel that like they could be themselves or be comfortable within the workplace mm. or, or something along those lines. And the, the most recent reporting, which I believe was last year, I think. People were saying that not much has changed. Very much they just did a bunch of... <laughs> made everyone do a seminar. Be like, naughty, naughty, don't do that. But no real ramifications were had outside of the, the very few firings that were there. Eve Gilmore is still the CEO. And either he was incompetent and oversaw a studio, a number of studios with these massive issues, or he was aware of it and he's a total toxic piece of shit. Either way, he should have lost his job. He should have been ousted as CEO, but, you know, we're not going to see that happen. Hey, <laughs> unless maybe Disney buys them. <laughs> we'll do a, bo- a Bobby Cody. Disney's situation. never had a history of letting sexual harassers go uncharged. <laughs> They're, they're a squeaky clean company, Disney. And we have one final news story on the docket today. We've talked over the last few weeks about the massive fuck-up over <laughs> at Unity. <laughs> With one decision, they basically destroyed their business. And <laughs> now, John Richtertello, the CEO of Unity, has resigned uh, James Whitehurst will act as the interim CEO until an executive hiring firm finds his replacement. Uh, Anthony, John Richtertello has resigned. He's kind of in disgrace here. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, considering everything that happened at Unity, this is not too shocking, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, all that shit happens and he just resigns. Like, okay. <laughs> um, hopefully the new CEO and the interim CEO can clean up the mess, but it's like, 
a lot of damage has been done, and yeah, I just... I don't know. <laughs> He'll probably end up in another big position in a few years anyway. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. That's the only problem is like, yeah, it's like he resigned. It's like, okay, so he might be fine then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I heard about this controversy like a month ago when it broke, except I never bothered to actually look up like what the details were. <laughs> I just heard that people were mad at Unity. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're mad for some reason, whether probably a good reason so actually yeah. i only ended up looking it up uh, last night and i'm like that's just actually one of the stupidest and greediest business decisions i've ever heard of mm-hmm. like um <laughs> f- first off I-, I wasn't even really aware of like a royalty structure um being like normalized w- within the space of like game engines like apparently like unreal also does it um i don't even know how i feel about that like the idea that you they you just they just get uh, a cut you know like a little um royalty on all of your revenue past a certain point until like the end of time just because you mm. you you made a game with them and like even though they're not really providing you any extra labor no extra like they're not they're not a huge part of the running of your business beyond like the foundations of constructing your game and then they just keep collecting money from that as like a you know, it's just kind of like a risk that you're taking when you develop with their platform for free. Um, but the specific implementation on Unity was like charged per <laughs> install. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I have no idea how this made it past like the first meeting because anyone can think of a million different ways that you can break this. Yeah. And also it was like, um, it was what I don't know what the term is, but it's like referring to purchases that had already happened. Um, retroactive. Retroactive. Thank you. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, this game sold a million copies a few years ago. Give us the money. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was where the, the biggest problem with it lied was like, yeah. just any kind of retroactive changes to terms of service is just absolute insanity you know what i mean like you know apple could just decide all right as part of owning an iphone now you got to give us a hundred dollars a year and that's retroactive so please give us like like a thousand dollars for the last 10 years you've owned an (laughs) iphone no thank you apple i do not want to do that so uh, yeah i totally understand why devs were upset i the, the, the way they do the revenue split is very common in the, the games industry and it happens with uh, with publishers and stuff as well too. So, you know, the publisher will take their cut, the retailer takes their cut, uh, whatever platform it's on will will take their cut as well. So, look, I, I don't have the biggest problem with, with how they work that. They do provide support with using the engine for these developers. So, if developers are having issues with the engine somewhere, they, they do support them in that way. Um, and providing an engine is a pretty huge service. That's what you're using to make the game. People who have their own proprietary engines spend a lot of money to have those things running and to train people to use them. So, yeah, having one an engine there for you that, that people are already sort of familiar with, I understand why they, they would go that way. But, yeah, I'm not, not surprised that, that John has left. This was a person apparently when they were at... Ooh, they were at EA. EA. Yeah, they were at EA, and they (laughs) apparently floated the idea of charging people to reload their gun in Battlefield. 
So he basically said at their most vulnerable point when they need to put another clip in their gun, charge from a microtransaction, which is just some absolute sociopathic, psychotic shit that, that is rewarded. Uh, oh that that CEOs like, get rewarded for throughout the games industry. Like I'm a sure. Joke. That's a joke. That's, that's, that's a parody. He, he left EA and then went and run Unity after that bullshit. I'm sure he's going to leave now and go run some other massive yeah. publisher because th- the game industry loves this shit. It's fucking <laughs> ah. I, I think people should do should literally just boycott whatever company he moves to next because this yes. is someone who should not be in charge of anything. That's like, yeah, no, that that charge for reload, that sounds like a joke. That's like a joke in a TV show, like in Black Mirror, where it's like, how bad has things gotten? You have to charge them to reload. It's like, oh, the yeah. future is bad. It's, it's like, some oh. Silicon Valley yeah, bullshit like, right there. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> insane. Oh, my God. Oh, absolutely insane. And yeah, that was an insane week of, of gaming news. Um, look, normally we'll do like a talk about the games coming to Game Pass and what's coming to PS Plus, but you know, we, we ain't got time for, for that shit today. There was too much news uh, coming out and we got some cool impressions to get to later on as well too. So just briefly to the games coming up in the next week, we have SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. So fucking weird that it came to previous consoles first and not just all at once whatever endless dungeon is coming to all platforms except for nintendo switch overpass 2 is coming to pc ps5 and xbox series x skull island rise of kong is coming to all platforms sonic superstars oh shit that's out this week it's coming to all platforms october 17th wizard with a gun it's coming to all platforms except for Nintendo Switch, which is TBD. Also October, <laughs> October 17th. Hellboy Web of Weird is coming to all platforms October 18th. Agatha Christie Murder on the Orient Express is coming to all platforms October 19th. Also October 19th, we have Gangs of Sherwood coming to PC, PS5 and Xbox Series X. Gargoyles Remastered is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on October 19th. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbocharged is coming to all platforms also October 19th. Inescapable, colon, no rules, no rescue. <laughs> Fucking hell, some... Inescapable, colon, no rules, comma, no rescue. That's the title. Holy. Anyway, coming to all platforms also October 19th. October 20th, we have Super Mario Bros. Wonder coming to Nintendo Switch. And that same very day, we have Marvel's Spider-Man 2 coming to PlayStation 5 only. Jaden, what of those games is tickling your pickle? (laughs) Honestly, you were reading out a lot of those games. I'm like, yep. Haven't heard of that, haven't heard of it, haven't heard of it. And then you got to the end, so yeah, Spider-Man. Did you say Super Mario Wonder before then? Oh yes. yeah. Same yeah. day. Yeah, um, I'm probably not going to play either of those on release, probably would take a little while. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean... The bloody the, PS5, brother, I don't yeah. know you do it without that. Yeah, those two games would definitely, you know, be excited to play at some point in my life. Five years from now. Yeah. If we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> 
How about you, Anthony? Uh, I mean, yes, Spooderman is coming out. That's a big moment. Um, I do want to check out um, Mario Wonder, uh, but unfortunately, just with all the games that I've been playing at the moment, that one's going to get delayed until maybe next year. Um, But I am curious. uh, But no, yeah, Spider-Man is taking up all of my brain energy right now. It's like, just get to next Friday. Next Friday, we get Spooperman. It's going to be great. Oh, there, there are so many games coming out this week. It is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I know Hellboy, Web of Weird, a lot of people are excited for that. I was not too fussed about what I've seen so far. Mm. Uh, I tried SpongeBob SquarePants, a Cosmic Shake, the PS4 version when that came out. I thought it was very, very very average platformer. I had a lot more fun with uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom, the the remake of that one. Uh, so yeah, like there's so many games coming out that people will be interested in. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, like people love the first one. Um, you know, it's like you're a tiny little Hot Wheels car in a big old room, so you get that whole scale thing going and it's, it's cool, it's cute, I, I, I dig it. Um, maybe a little bit too soon after the first one, it only came out like last year or the year before, oh, yeah. so I don't know I hope they've done enough to make it a worthwhile sequel. Um, but yeah, holy shit. Super Mario Bros. Wonder and Marvel Spider-Man 2. I've got both of those pre-ordered and paid off, ready to go for Friday. Super Mario Bros. Wonder looks cool. It looks like it should be a fun 2D platformer. I really hope they fix up some of the archaic design choices that they kept in for Super Mario Bros. Deluxe. Uh, I wasn't a fan of being kicked out of the level every time that I died and having to jump back into the level. It just makes no sense as far as game design is concerned. So yeah, if they fix that up with some of those quality of life changes they could make uh, with, with, the, with this one, then, then that looks like it'd be an awesome 2D platformer. But my most anticipated game of this entire year i've i've been so excited like tears of the kingdom whatever dead space remake whatever jedi survivor you know i was excited for it but pales in comparison to my excitement for marvel's spider-man 2 the traversal in those spider-man games is my favorite traversal in any video game swinging around new york city is just stupid amounts of fun i'll just get distracted just swinging off into nowhere because i just loved swinging around it's just so much fun and the oh the stories were great the combat's fantastic I, I'm, I'm so pumped to get into marvel spider-man 2 and we're gonna see over this week the the reviews will be coming out very shortly so we'll get an idea of what the sort of critical consensus is very very soon uh but just a heads up next week if everything (laughs) happens how it's supposed to we'll be having Kat Benstead on the show Uh, and probably only have had a few hours with Spider-Man because I have to work on the Friday Uh, and yeah so may not talk about it too much next week but the following week we'll get right stuck into Marvel Spider-Man 2 very much excited for that one but that'll do us for the games coming up in the next week let's take a brief break and then we'll jump back on in with the games that we've been playing now Anthony I know you haven't played anything you want to talk about so Jaden 
Hello. You are our guest. It is tradition on News to Reviews for our guest to get us kicked off with impressions. What have you been playing this week, my friend? I have been playing a lot of things. Um, it's been a very busy <laughs> last kind of month or so with games. Um, but yeah, I was playing a lot of Hollow Knight last night. Um, mm. Five hours just went by like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like, really, really enjoying this game. I-, I think, um, I knew a little bit going into it. I knew, um, yep. you know, it's a Metroidvania, and mm-hmm. I knew, obviously, um, I-, I believe this was a Kickstarter game. Like, it was- I believe own- so. Yeah, funded by Kickstarter. Free guys, South Australia. <laughs> yeah. Wait, it's Australian? Yeah, it's, uh, Team Cherry in South, South Australia. Oh, no fucking way. I didn't- no, yeah. I had no idea. That is that is so cool. Um, what I didn't know about this game well, before I started is that this this is a Souls like. Like yeah. <laughs> it is. It I had no idea, and I love Souls likes. Um, Dark Souls, the original Dark Souls, is my favorite game ever. And yeah, I just started playing this, and I'm like. Oh, I didn't know there was a boss run mechanic, like <laughs> having to having to pick up your your currency um after death. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's nice little twists on that, like how you have to, I guess, like fight your ghost, e- even though it's pretty easy to fight your ghost. I mean, they, they don't really do anything. Um, but yeah, just having wait, to- wait, 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 wait. So wait, you gotta. So in, in a typical souls, like you, if you die, you you have to go back and get your souls, which is yeah. what you use to upgrade your yeah exactly to level mm-hmm. up your character so so you not only have to do that but you have to fight a ghost version of yourself is that what you're saying yeah that your your dead body turns into a ghost and then that's a um like a little enemy and then it can move it, it was it was it will spawn um where you around where you died and and then once you kind of aggro it, it it can move around a little bit in that area but it, it's mm. a very it's a very weak enemy like if you end up dying to your own ghost it's kind of embarrassing because it's pretty easy enemy to beat but it, okay. it is it is a cool little twist that like you get to you have to fight your your you know you're kind of your ghost version yourself to get your souls back or, or not, not souls actually yeah. souls is like a totally different currency totally different mm meter in this game but whatever the currency is called yeah hollow beans yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's some sort of like weird bug thing um it, it's a super cool aesthetic with this game like how the whole thing is um i guess underground and like these are all just weird little bugs just add these weirdly anthropomorphized bugs <laughs> well if you think about it like any metroidvania they're kind of like those little ant farms that you have where it's like <laughs> that you can see where they dig around because the the encasement you have them in is so thin so yeah yeah that, that works really well as a, a setting for a metroidvania um now the, the, the thing that any kind of souls like hinges on I, I think or the the main thing that they hinge on is that excellent combat that we get especially in those from software games do you think that uh, Hollow Knight is worthy of being in those those from software kind of echelons? Yeah, like I, I don't compare it too much to um, like like a Souls game combat wise. I mean, it, it is in two D, and then um, mm. you know it's very fast paced. Um, you know, there's quite a lot of not quite a lot of. I, I guess I guess the number of movement options expand as you progress more throughout the game. Um, you don't have too much to begin with, but yeah, uh, at the point I'm at now, there's quite a lot of needs for for dashes. Um, you know, to dodge 
and then just really good positioning and, and timing. Um, but what reminded me of a Souls game was just, um, the healing system, like the way that mm. you don't have an instant heal, like you need to take time to actually heal. And it really reminded me of chugging an Anestis flask in Dark Souls and like needing to, to take specific, um, like find, um moments um moments of like safety in the middle of a boss fight just to heal in and you know and then the exact opposite you know can also be the case like you can just ignore your health and just go aggressive because those are also windows to attack the boss mm. um it, it's a very it, it reminded me a lot of like a regular kind of souls boss in that kind of strategic thinking yeah mm. and also like the um if correct me if I'm wrong, but like the healing system and one of the attack systems are literally connected. So it's, you literally choose like, do you want to heal or do you want to attack? Yeah, exactly. Like instead of using, um, instead of healing, you can also shoot projectiles. Mm. Um, I think that, I think maybe there could be some interesting ways those interact right now, the way it seems the, the way that I've been playing, it's just that, am I, at, am, am I not at max health? Use it to heal. Am I at max health? Use it to shoot. Mm, um there's much. there's not too much thinking there i just use um the projectiles to get rid of to get rid of like excess um souls extra excess power if i don't need a heal mm. i like that concept though because it, it kind of reminds me of bloodborne in a way where you have that risk reward so in in for people who don't know in bloodborne if you get attacked there is a certain amount of health that you can gain back if you attack the enemy uh, if you attack any enemies immediately after and it seems like they're doing they have a kind of a similar idea here in that you could make the trade-off if your health is getting low oh you know this person's on the last bit of health it's probably more worthwhile to use that power to take him out rather than just healing myself that little bit and taking that further risk there so i, I always like that where you got to make those calculations quickly in your mind it can cause a bit of panic but it can be so satisfying when things yeah turn out the way you want it to turn out um it's it's, another- it's even no it's actually even more similar to, to bloodborne in, in the way you're saying mm. because like when you attack enemies that's how you get um souls back which is the resource you use to heal so mm-hmm. you, you essentially in some ways are incentivized to be aggressive to get your health back um ra- rather than always just you know taking the time to consume um to consume your healing like you can get it back even more healing later um later in the fight when you have a better window maybe um mm. yeah so it, it's really as you say like really good risk reward style of combat Mm. I love that. Some of my favorite games do that stuff. Like a uh, control would would encourage you to to chase down the enemies because that's how you would heal. Or Doom Eternal uh, would do that as well too. And and <laughs> how frantic that stuff gets when you're more encouraged to get in close and actually fight the enemies than sit behind cover and and try and try and just shoot them. I love it. It's it yeah. It's such a, a fun mechanic in in any video game. Is is there a story to Hollow Knight at all? Uh, I'm sure there is a story. Uh, I can't follow it. Um, it's very okay. it's very Souls like in that of like yeah. Sure, exactly. If it, it, it feels like there's lore, like sometimes you just meet a random NPC and they're babbling on about something that I'm like I don't understand what this means. But like yeah, the game has such like a you know, kind of dark, but also beautiful atmosphere. It sure seems like the world has been 
lived in in some to some extent and you know and it has this history and i'm sh- i i'm sure that i will not understand it by the end of the game and i'll look up some I'll look up say, a bunch of lore just, videos after just talk to my wife she'll tell you all about it yeah no i've <laughs> i've been talking to her like she she's she asked me all these questions it's like, like her favorite game i'm pretty sure at the very least it's her favorite like ps4 era kind of game yeah it, it it's super fun and like mm. um like i guess like last thing on hollow Knight. i mean the what makes any kind of great metroidvania is the exploration mm-hmm. um there are so many cool little areas in this game the way that all branches off from the center and then kind of loops back around um or you see so many places when you're exploring the world that you just can't figure out how to get there yet and you just know you need a different power up and you know it it just has those great moments that you really want in games those light bulb moments where you realize oh this is the solution to this and then you can just you know you're just constantly experiencing um new content um one thing about this game i hear that is apparently different from most metroidvanias i haven't really played many metroidvanias i've only really played ori in the blind forest um, but I like that there's seems to be alternate routes into the exact same area. Like you can enter it from one side and enter it from the other, or yeah, enter it with a couple different solutions. So you're not really stuck with like, oh, I can, I just can't access that area because I can't figure out this one thing to get into it. Like there's, there's no, it's not too narrow in the way that you approach it. Yeah, hmm. nice. How's the the music and the sound in Hollow Knight? Yeah, it's really uh it's really ambient. Like it's quite like soft and like quiet. Like it sets tone a little bit. Um you know, I'm sure that I'll I'm sure that like it may be more memorable as I go along and I'm sure I might I might listen to the song like listen to some of the tracks like you know a year <laughs> later and be like oh I'm nostalgic about this now. Um but yeah, mm. right now it's just really just setting setting the mood, setting the tone um you know kind of subtly at the moment. Yeah, Hollow Knight's one of those ones where when it first came out, I, I heard all the, the hype and everyone was loving it. It's getting really, really good reviews across the board, but just wasn't my kind of game at the time. I hadn't really tried anything like that. But since then, I've played yeah, a, a bunch of Metroidvanias and I definitely vibe with it a bit more. And it's now been sitting in my playlist on my PS5 for months at this point. So Hollow Knight... Actually, I haven't checked recently, but it was a a game included in PS Plus Extra. So if you have that the not the bottom tier, the middle tier of of PS Plus <laughs> game services, then yeah, you can play Hollow Knight for just the cost of of that. Um, it's probably the kind of game you could get done in a month too. So yeah, <laughs> save a save a bit of money there. Yeah, it's quite a. It take, it'll take you quite a bit to finish the game, I, I'm guessing. Like, I feel like I'm not close. I feel like I'm, I'm, I haven't reached the halfway point yet, and it's been 15 hours at least. Oh dang! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. There's some. It's it feels sizable. Like, there's enough areas that I can clearly see. I don't have a way to get to yet. That I'm like, okay, there's feels like there's at least double the content from where I'm at. Yeah, you, you'll you'll realize the more you play, just how expansive it really is. There's just Things you can't even, like, oh, I can get there eventually. It's like, yes, you can, but it's just so far away. And yeah. And, like, contemplate it yet. Mm. Well, the, there is a Hollow Knight, uh, there's a Silk Song 
I believe it's sort of like, a, is it a sequel? I think, or is yeah, it just the and next? It's never happening anyway. Haven't heard <laughs> of it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, seem it's, it's, doesn't seem like a game a that exists. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've never heard of it. Anyway. <laughs> well, it's still sort of slated, like tentatively yeah. for early twenty twenty four. So I feel like, so I feel like COVID really fucked over Studio Cherry in their production because it's just like, yeah, I don't know when that game's coming out. <laughs> Yeah, hey, take all the time you need, Studio Cherry, that's for sure. Now, do, do you think when Silksong comes out next year, hopefully, would you check it out, Jaden, or are you going to do what you did with the original Hollow Knight and wait six years? <laughs> this is my mentality with everything. I'm not playing anything on release. Like, I, if I was going to sort of break this rule, it would have been with, like, something that I was incredibly hyped for, like, Elden Ring or, or something like that, where it's like mm. like this, where I'm thinking this might have the potential to be my favorite game of all time, and I didn't do it with that one. So um, yeah. Hollow Knight, really enjoying um, Silk Song. I'm sure I'll enjoy it just as much five years from now. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> Look, Jaden, you were you were living your best life. You are gaming the best way because not only are you picking up games at their cheapest point just about you're also not dealing with all the launch bullshit that we have to deal with like server issues or just buggy games and all that you're playing the best version of them for the cheapest price if i wasn't such a brain broken gamer who just experiences fomo on the daily, I would be doing exactly <laughs> what you do, uh, Jaden. You, you're yeah. you're gaming smart. I totally do have FOMO. I just need to ignore it and then just realize, like, well, I've already had FOMO with everything else. This is just another thing to have FOMO over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally fair. Well, have you got anything left to say on Hollow Knight? Uh, no. You know, um, really, really fun game. Um, mm. I'll probably finish it in the next couple weeks uh, by the end of the month at least not sure how long exactly and um yeah i i do want to try some more metroidvanias at some point i, I do want to play like an actual metroid or an actual castlevania like the namesakes of the genre symphony um, of the night's good as someone who played it last year it's good. yeah it's i might try it <laughs> what, what what platform can you get it on everything now there was like a remastered collection that came out last year so you can get it on everything now yeah i might try pc or something then i, I actually do you have a switch uh, yeah, I have a Switch. It might be oh, a good wait. fit with the Switch, but I just don't oh, use a Switch much. Yeah. That would be a good one because, you know, it's a PS1 game. It's not exactly going to run diff- run bad. Yeah, I don't want to put it on a big screen, wouldn't I? It would probably look not uh, as... You think- I rate it. It works. Okay. Well, maybe I'll put it on a smaller screen just, just, but, to, but like, yeah. just to really, really appreciate it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, I, I feel you, Jaden, whenever I'm playing like a Metroidvania or most of these indies, the Switch is my favorite sort of place to play it. Like I'm I, I'm only worried about having a big screen when I've got the uh, ridiculous AAA budgeted games with all the details in all the all the corners. But yeah, you have a Nintendo Switch and you're going to be checking out the Vania side of Metroidvania. Be sure to check out the Metroid side of that as well too. Metroid Dread 
is bloody fantastic. I, I definitely recommend it if you're vibing with uh, Metroidvanias at the moment. So yeah, you got a <laughs> you got a few things to add to your playlist now, my friend. <laughs> I've already got like a hundred games on the to playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You probably get it like like fifty games just from this year alone that are mm. worth playing. This year's been so bullshit. The, the, this game Ridiculous. this year has released some some crazy games. Like yeah, I I totally agree with you, Anthony, on your on your last episode <laughs> where just talking about yeah this is already one of the greatest years of gaming ever uh, like when you just so look good. at when you just look at the look at the reception of all these games like i mean i haven't played any of them but um they, they look really good and like everyone says they these are really high quality games um and yeah you just got so many heavy heavy hitters yeah now Jaden, are you a fan of puzzle games <laughs> Not too much. I I've played some okay. some puzzle games. Um, I liked I liked Braid. Uh, I liked uh, Limbo and and Inside. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, that is that that works out really well for what I'm about to talk about. I was about to say, <laughs> seeing as you're not that into puzzle games, you won't have to add this to your list. But I played a puzzle game. From one half of, or one one part of the team behind Limbo and Inside, I played Cocoon. So, Cocoon is the uh, first game to come out of, uh, uh, I think they're called Geometric... Wait, what are they called? <laughs> they're called Geometric Interactive. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's part of the talent behind Limbo and Inside... Two games which I absolutely adored. Fantastic titles. Cocoon is available on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you are able to play it. It does not take a lot of graphical fidelity. So it will work great on a potato of a PC like I've got or on a a Series S as I'm borrowing off Aaron at the moment. And that's where I played it. I played it on Series S and... Look, I, I really enjoy Cocoon. I thought it was a fantastic puzzle game. But this year has just been such a ridiculous year for games in general, but especially puzzle games. We've had Viewfinder and Tears of the Kingdom, just to name two absolute bangers with just some of the best puzzles I've ever experienced in any video games. And uh, the, the, the premise with Cocoon is basically you play this little moth creature man type thing who literally carries the world on his shoulder or or, or her or they i don't actually they don't gender the the moth so (laughs) that carries a world on their shoulders and i was sort of expecting when i watched the trailers where you see the moth like put the world down and then jump into the world and and whatnot that we're going to get a lot of mind-bending puzzle perspective shit here that's that's what i was going into it feeling like i was going to get it didn't quite reach that for me and i don't know if it's i just played such a mind-bending puzzle game with uh viewfinder earlier this year that that i've sort of my expectations have been set really high i also played super liminal which came out a few years ago now i played that this year and i had a fantastic time with that again also, another game I'd probably say does the perspective or mind-bending stuff a lot better. I was expecting to get Chris Angel mind-freaked, and <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> I, I didn't have that 
happen. Um, I, I guess my main issue with that is the mechanic of jumping in and out of the worlds. It can only be done in certain spots. So you'll come across like a platform where you can sit the world down and then you're able to jump in and out of it from there. And because of that, it just felt very limited to me. It's like, there's one way to solve this puzzle and that's how you got to do it. And and I understand why they'd want those restrictions there. It'd be super difficult to be able to design a puzzle game where you could just jump in and out of these levels at any moment. But I definitely felt very, very restricted. Um, Now, it was a very, very simple game. It's literally, you play it with two things, the left analog stick and the A button. You do not use any other buttons whatsoever. Very similar to Limbo or Inside. You just can grab items and move them and and that's that's about all you can do. And I, I like that design philosophy when you do enough interesting stuff with it that it still keeps the game really interesting. Whereas I didn't find I was having that with Cocoon. I, th- I think the whole way through with Limbo and Inside, they're not only just interesting puzzle games that, that force you to think in ways that you don't normally think, they're also visual, cinematic, storytelling masterpieces as well too. Kind of like in a From Software game where I don't actually know what the story is, but f- for this, there's it's kind of it, they, they kind of try to give you this ambiguous idea of what it's about and you can sort of draw your own meaning from it. And when I rolled credits on Cocoon, I thought a little bit, I was a, I was a little bit confused. I watched a, a YouTube recap video, which so, sort of summed it up and it kind of made more sense to me what they were going for, but I don't know, it just didn't grip me the same way that Limbo and Inside gripped me. And I, I don't know if it's just because when I played Limbo and Inside, they were that style of game was just so new to me it was just so fresh that it was just completely mind-blowing and cocoon's just not doing as much of that stuff there i i I don't know it's a good puzzle game it's an i'd even go as far to say as it's an excellent puzzle game if it had come out last year i probably would have been singing its praises as the best puzzle game of that year but it had the unfortunate timing of coming out in a year where we are just flooded with amazing games and really, really good puzzle games as well too. Um, Cocoon for me, I've rolled credits, so I will put a review score on it. I'll give, I'll give Cocoon nine, nine Mothmen out of 13 worlds. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> that's <laughs> a very low, that, that's low your, effort ratio. That's your completion rate. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. So, fully fully completed it. I, I may even... I, I can't remember... Oh, no. I played it on Xbox, so no platinum for me. So, I won't yeah. be worrying about doing the trophies. I found the puzzles very easy most of the way through. It wasn't until towards the end that I started to get stuck a little bit. And I don't know if I'm just... Just because I'm in a good mindset for puzzle games, having there been so many this year, but... Yeah, I just, as much, I did enjoy it and it looks pretty and it was a co- cool experience, but 
with what is already out there this this year, you know, go play Viewfinder before you play this. Definitely. Um, go go play Tears of the Kingdom before you play this. The puzzles in both of those games are far, far better than pretty much anything Cocoon has. Um, but it's still good. Good game. Um, yeah. I don't know. Either of you interested in Cocoon? Uh, I took a look at some of the screenshots and some of the footage. Um, it's hard to tell really... Um, I guess the quality of the puzzles, um, it's really just like, yeah. I guess I'll take, you know, your word for it. And, um, they do seem to use the, so the thing they're carrying on their back is the world. And that's, that's what the cocoon is like a metaphor for. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, it, all the puzzles kind of involve that in some way. Yeah, absolutely. So the the further you get into it, the more they because you unlock more worlds as you go, so you kind of get more layers deep, if that makes sense. But I don't know. In the end, I didn't find the way they use the worlds to be too mind bending or make me feel clever. It, it, they kind of in the end felt a little bit more tedious. Sometimes it's like, oh, I know what I got to do now, but now I got to fucking i got to run here to move this world to here and then move this lever so this shoots in this direction. And it just, it, it just it just got a bit much, but um, yeah, still, it's it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I definitely rec- recommend Cocoon for sure. I think if you haven't played a puzzle game this year, it'd probably be your favourite puzzle game. Of, well, I guess that. <laughs> By default, yeah. yeah. Durzak, of course it'd be your favourite puzzle game if you haven't played another one. <laughs> Oh, no, I need to get some sleep. My brain is <laughs> is not braining right now. But look, yeah. that's all I have left to say on Cocoon. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. It has been so nice to have the entirety of what do you think about this on on news to reviews. Got to make sure we do this more often. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, Jaden, thanks so much for popping by. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's good to be on again. Good to do it with my my chum, like co-host yeah. Anthony. <laughs> oh, it's, the chums. It's, it's your boy, Anthony. <laughs> it is my boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, to, to be honest, he's, he's probably more my co-host at this point because he's definitely been on more episodes of news to reviews this year than what he has been on what do you think about this we like never record <laughs> we have released what two episodes this year like maybe two uh, yeah uh yes because we recorded 2023 movies in 20 uh, sorry 2022 movies in 2023 so yeah we yeah. recorded two episodes this year but you know what those are two absolute bangers of episodes Anthony tell the people where they can find them again you can find it where all the book, uh, the good podcasts are sold on your Spotify your Amazon your Apple if you want to reach out to us on Twitter you can find us at WDYTAT pod if you want us to be on your podcast if you want to be on our podcast hit us up maybe we'll do an episode soon who knows <laughs> All those links will be in the description of the podcast down below, as well as all of News to Reviews links. And if you enjoy What Do You Think About This, or if you enjoy any podcast, be sure to leave them a rating or review wherever you happen to be listening to it, because that's the best way you can help them out. A lot of us do it just off our own backs in our spare time, and we love it, but it feels nice to be appreciated for 
doing the shit that we do. Validate us, people. That's what we all really want as humans at the end of the day. We just want to be validated. And I'm going to validate you right now, Anthony, by asking you for what wisdom you can give us for this week. Not only should you validate yourself, validate your parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that joke. So like it's like, yeah, validate your parking, man. If you can, do it. <laughs> and everyone out there, please take care of yourselves and take care of one another. Waveform doesn't look very big. That's what she said. <laughs> 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 anyway, Come sorry, on. I've been watching the Adam. office. So. Yeah, that's like to be fair. My waveforms only get big when I start like getting loud. Is the thing? Yeah. So like, when I'm only yelling, it'll get loud. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's still hitting like the right numbers. It's just the waveform looks small. Keep all this in. It's all very important, Zach. This is this is oh, your yeah. end of the episode blooper of me just going yelling. <laughs> yeah. I was more laughing at your take that oh the the waveforms get bigger when it's when it's louder. Mm. Uh, it's just like real life. It's like when you put a pen on paper, it it leaves ink. Yes, mm. that's what it's designed. All right, to right. Do. I, look, not all of us went to college, <laughs> Mister. Ah, oh, I know how waveforms work. All right, we get it. <laughs> not everyone can can flunk out of uni like me. Mm. Some of us actually had to finish uni. <laughs> so, all right, we get it. You're cool, man. You're this is where finishing it. uni gets ya. <laughs> a good job and no knowledge of waveforms. Yeah, what we racked up some idiot. extra debt. <laughs> racked up <laughs> some extra debt, still don't know what a waveform is. I'm just fucking... <laughs> what's even the point? Oh, uh, that should have been day one. Uh, day one in accounting. Yep. Why are they teaching kids science when they should be teaching them waveforms? <laughs> <laughs>